Can I help you? I said to the back of the figure. The woman turned her face toward me, as blanched as the vase she was examining. I relaxed. If she'd come to fight us, she wasn't very well prepared. She certainly didn't have a sword. This is a Wellington Blue, isn't it? I didn't think any of these still existed. Never understood why anyone collects these things. Why would you risk owning something so fragile? Some people like fragile things, I said, gently taking the vase from her and returning it to its stand. Can we help you? Someone is trying to kill me. You don't have to tell us any of this. Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. And boy, oh boy, we certainly wish they didn't tell us anymore. But here we are, <laughs> episode two, Love and Hate, the Big Finish audio series. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Welcome. Well, oh boy, we are in for it. We in for it. So this one actually introduces some new mythos to the, uh, or mythos to the Highlander. That's right. World mm, for yeah. for ill probably <laughs> <laughs> yes for ill guys before we talk about this episode let's revisit the Highlander catalog this week we're going to be reading out of the catalog from the year two thousand ooh a very good year mm, the year two thousand this week we're going to be talking about this whole page is dedicated to songs of the Highlander ooh. and this is Highlander Celtic Opera <laughs> which is <laughs> even. Jesus. Do we will be a... covering this on a future episode. Oh, oh really? Do you wow. have this? I do have Compact this. Compact disc? Uh, I don't have it on disc. Oh. Digitally? Digitally. Interesting. Mm. A digital download. A digital. A digital. Hit us with this. All right, guys. So this is Highlander, a Celtic opera for the new millennium. Composed by Roger Bellon and Harlan Collins. Mm. All right. Interesting. Roger Bellon's from the show, no? He's from the show, indeed. He's the composer of the show. Highlander. The description reads, The drama of Roger Bellon's music underscored the extraordinary journey of Duncan MacLeod through six amazing years of Highlander, the series. Now this master composer teams up with award-winning songwriter Harlan Collins to bring you an entirely new 60-minute operatic experience filled with all the power, passion, and mystery of Duncan MacLeod's legendary life. Features 10-page full-color companion booklet of opera lyrics, photos, and a written collection of fascinating Celtic mythology surrounding the legend of the Highlander. So here's a picture of the, uh, the product here. Wow, that graphic design is hideous. Graphic design is my passion. (laughs) (laughs) But not your job, clearly. No, this is, like, that's rough, right? Is that really what the... That looks like something I would make. This logo and picture looks like when they don't have a product picture, this is the The picture they use. This is the placeholder product. I'm actually really hoping this is what it is, because that's bad. How How could they slap a photo on this thing? Just... Put There's it, even a put, photo in the background. Just put it in the foreground. Yeah. Put Adrian Paul on there, baby. Or something. They probably would have to pay him for that. Uh, Which I get. I mean, I get that. They'd but have like, to Adrian pay him for that. Yeah. <laughs> this is... That's rough, though. This image... <laughs> 
<laughs> is weird. That's not so. It's a is a compact disc. It has it's a compact booklet. disc. That's right. A CD, if you were just one CD, one disc. I guess so. Actually, it's only sixty minutes, so I hope so. Yeah. yeah. May I ask a qualifying question? Oh, this is a key one. I'm I'm listening with bated breath. Is this priced to own? E- Yes. Mm. Ooh, he's not sure. He's that was not a, sure, a folks. Pregnant pause. I'll show you also after you after we reveal the price here. Uh, like the the graphic design, like the edges of this graphic are weird. Like it looks like it's kind of like photoshopped it was, like, in. chopped out. Or it's something. like yeah, it's really choppy looking. I don't know what the fuck's this about. Weird. But, <laughs> all right, guys. Amy, you guessed last time. Kyle, what is your guess? My guess is that this is twenty four dollars and ninety nine cents. Twenty four ninety nine. Amen. I'm going to say twenty nine ninety nine. Twenty nine ninety nine. And we did not mention Tight the rules at one. the uh, top of the the game here. Whoever gets the answer first gets to give their opinion first. The, it gets the answer closest. Closest gets it first. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Who, you win. You gave whoever it first. gets the answer first. <laughs> and, well, all right. Yeah, and if we are both wrong by more than 20%. More than 20%. I get to give my opinion first. We did not abide by this rule uh, the last game, last episode, for some reason. The Gordon rule. The Gordon rule. The Gordon rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. The Gordon rule. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Very good. So, Kyle, your, your guess was a twenty four ninety nine, and Eamon, you're twenty nine ninety nine. That's correct, sir. Kyle, you are maybe the closest ever we've gotten on this. I don't wow. think we've never had a dead on answer, but this is damn close. Twenty four ninety five. What the wow. fuck? Four cents off. What do you mean? What the fuck? This catalog is always fucking with their the cents. Yeah, they can never decide whether that, they want it to be okay. ninety five or ninety nine. One time it was like ninety eight or something. <laughs> right, do you remember was. that? It's weird. Odd choices. Yeah, yeah, odd choices. So here, if you want, uh, just don't look at this other page that's marked because that's for another episode. But, uh, yeah, check out the weird graphic design on that. And we'll put this in the video. Uh, and if you're listening at home, remember uh, a lot of these Amon's smiling for the camera. This is great. But, yes, uh, we have been posting video highlights. And you'll be able to see uh, this game and this catalog item uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber. Well, I like the cover. Duncan's like, whoa! <laughs> it does, like, the, the edges of it are weirdly textured. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Know is that printed on there? Or is it... Did somebody use squiggly scissors <laughs> to cut it out? I don't know understand wait a minute yeah wait a minute this is like somebody took like squiggly Squiggly scissors scissors and and cut cut it out out. and put it in the cd case yeah Yeah. it's so weird this is really weird (laughs) so uh if anyone has this uh cd at home write us in and let us know uh or send us a picture of what does that cover really look like that send us a picture of the real cover uh and is it all cut up and shitty like this (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like send us pictures of the inside liner notes i wonder if there are any cds in this catalog where i can listen to bonnie portmore (laughs) Oh, I can't imagine. I did want to say, do you guys want to venture guess how much that CD would cost today? Because I, I will just say, don't you think twenty five dollars for a single disc CD is a, it's a little expensive? It's yeah, a bit much. Although it's a rare CD, I will say mm, that. That's true. I'm gonna guess this was thirty, which would be like thirty three bucks today. Amen. Uh, I'll say forty. Amen. You win thirty eight forty five for wow. this. Wow, wow, that is too much money. That's right. So Let I looked, you know. I looked up just a quick aside. I looked at some cool Batman T shirts. Oh, that sounds cool. And then I looked at the price, and these T shirts were forty dollars for a T shirt. How cool were they? They were pretty cool. All right. Is it not that cool? That's that a seems lot. Ex- a I lot can't for a T-shirt, $40 right? For a T-shirt, no. Keith, you've got a cool T-shirt on. Did That's it right. cost you forty dollars? Uh, this cost me like twenty. It's about right. Yeah. Twenty's good for a shirt. Yeah, and this was like a custom like thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, just give me the shirts. Just give me the shirts. Just for those at home, shirts. I'm wearing a Wonder Woman like Aztec-y, Quetzalcoatl sort of design shirt here thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, guys, today we're talking about Big Finish audio series. 
Series one, episode two, Love and Hate. So this was a audio series produced by Big Finish Audio, which is a UK-based audio Audio story company that does kind of like sci-fi fantasy sort of stories. And so this was produced after Endgame. Uh, So this was recorded February 1st, 2009, and was released May 2009. So if we remember, our last episode was released uh, in April of 2009. So every month they're releasing one of these, and you got to go back to the store and get one. I can't imagine buying that first one and then wanting this one. (laughs) Here we go. Actually, that's a great reason why they should have released them together. It's like, we got to sell them all at once. If somebody gets a whiff of this, they're going to go, no thanks. But this was directed by Sharon Gosling. Uh, We heard about her last time. She's directed. She's really good in drive. <laughs> yeah, you thought that was funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love drive-related humor. Yeah, that's all. That's that's all. Avon likes actually. Mm-hmm. The British like dry drive humor too. <laughs> oh god! Yes. And, dry, and drive martinis. Yep. Really digging a hole. Here. Uh, oh, Everyone god. tell a terrible joke. Yeah. Then we'll move on. Yeah. Somebody's gonna write a review of this podcast and be like, "Fuck them." <laughs> Big finish them. <laughs> uh, this episode was written by Colin Harvey. Uh, this is the one and only story he did for Big Finish. Uh, I don't have any other info on him. I don't know if anyone else has looked him up. Doesn't nope. he host um, the Family oh, Feud? <laughs> He's in the Kings of Comedy. Mm-hmm. He makes. He often makes questionable questionable jokes about Asian people. Oh, that's true. He doesn't have a good track record. Where's a lot of suits? <laughs> it does. It does indeed. This episode stars Adrian Paul, of course, as the Highlander and a multitude of other characters, but also Beth Tra- Chalmers. Boo. Oh, Chalmers. Chalmers. Super Nintendo Chalmers. <laughs> <laughs> as Maria Rostov. Uh, she voiced uh, Bellatrix Lestrange, Lestrange, I guess, in the Harry Potter video games. Oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah, how about mm. that? We couldn't get Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> yeah, Tim Burton she... wasn't involved, so. <laughs> All right, the episode description from Big Finish reads, A rooftop duel between sword-wielding combatants becomes the talk of Seacouver, but Duncan is perplexed when both bodies are found with their heads intact. No quickening has taken place, and instead, the pair seem to have burned to death. <laughs> okay. Uh, and who is Maria Rostov, the beautiful young Russian claiming that her life is in danger? Who indeed? Who indeed? Who Who indeed? indeed. They burned me! (laughs) They burned me! Broke those out, set them on fire! I will also, I just want to say, I don't know what the ad, like the ad the copy on their website was for this series when it was released like if they've changed things but mm. we commented on the last episode like who is this for like they seem to put in all this exposition but like them trying to sell this to a new audience that description is confusing yeah, they're like was- there was no there was no quickening or whatever and they got <laughs> well, but they're dead and they got burned alive and anyone who's not familiar with this be like yeah if you get burned to like a slim gym like yeah you'd be dead <laughs> you'd i guess like dead. that makes yeah, sense that sounds right uh like i don't get this hopefully their copy for uh this in 2009 was better no i think that copy is okay for the intended audience of this right which is Highlander fans. Highlander fans. Anyway, let's get into it. Mac is creeping on a murder. I was so confused what the fuck was happening. This here. is incredibly confusing. <laughs> Very. With his buddy Antoine. Like, who the fuck is this character? I thought, like, I missed something. So he sees a dead couple. He's watching through binoculars. It's hot in Seacouver. And he's like, oh, in another context, she might be yelling in ecstasy. I was like, what is he watching? watching? Like, I was yelling in ecstasy. (laughs) What is that? I couldn't. Isn't it a burnt corpse? 
Fight? Why? This is so confusing. But he does say the gross phrase in another context she might be yelling in ecstasy. But he's looking at a burnt corpse. Also, no one's confusing. Like, I'm looking through my notes, and the way I took my notes was, like, I would listen to, like, a sentence and then take a note, right? And they never reveal that, like, there was this explosion thing that happens. Also, listeners, you obviously don't know what happened either. These two immortals fought, and instead of, like, this fight ending normally, they both seemingly... (laughs) They spontaneously combust. Yeah. Seemingly. But... The way this is laid out in this story is, like, they, they dole out some of this information slowly. So, like, yeah. Max up on the rooftop, like, looking at the scene of, like, what I guess would be a crime. Like, a police are around. Like, this was televised. Right. Yeah, they were recorded having a sword fight, which seems insane. Like, not the way this should work. Yeah, how did that even work? Why were they televised? They, like, yeah. exploded right Musical away. Musical guest. Okay. My point the was. flaming lips. Is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't find out that they, like, exploded and burned alive yet. Until, but, like, but, ten minutes. Right. But Max says, it's so hot in Seacouver. And then says, their bodies were blackened from the heat. And my, I was like, how hot is it? Like, <laughs> like, like that's the shit. In the, like, that's the writing that's so fucked up in these stories. Like, those are sentences they give you. And yeah. it doesn't fucking make any sense god their, damn it their eyes and viscous membranes would burn <laughs> off it's so it's like, stuff like that. gross gross, gross. And viscous, viscous membranes i've got a viscous yeah. membrane right now if you know what i mean oh hey. get a lighter yeah burn it off so they find a sword so that clues mac that like wait are these immortals so there are dead immortals with their heads on and that shouldn't be possible so that's so, the, yeah the that's mystery. like the mystery here and so and this is intercut with weird exposition about like what quickenings are and describing them as trapped souls vying to get out which has never been a description no never never and in fact i think contradicts the way they describe this next time very much so and in the previous episode where mac does mention the communing with nature thing is the real quick <laughs> right it's not so souls. you know what the real quickening is that and then it, this is like no the real quickening is souls <laughs> vying to his like ghostbusters body. style yeah. <laughs> That man has no dick. (laughs) (laughs) So then we get introduced to this new character, Antoine. Antoine. Who I guess is like a new Richie. But he's also old. Didn't they say that? He's 300 years old. He's 300 years years old. old. But then Mac is like... But he still 22. acts like a 22. Like, he's, yeah. he died at 22. But Mac is like, he's still, like, young and immature. But I guess that's the curse of dying at 22. And I was like, huh? It is? Like, and so, uh, you're, are you cursed with being, like, a 38-year-old? Like, and yeah. all the trappings that go with that? I, like, I don't know. It's like, does this not give anybody the room to, room to grow over the... Like, I don't know. Fuck this. This is dumb. But he has become an antiques dealer to, like, take after Mac. Right. Like, he's a little baby Mac. He hung, he hung out with Voltaire and Rousseau. I also, I, I, I got another thing I want to mention. At this point, Antoine and Mac get in Mac's car, and Mac, like, I don't know, he mentions, I guess, I guess Antoine, uh, like, lights up a cigarette, and Mac's not cool with that, uh, like, in the car, because this is Connor's car. This is Connor's Porsche. Anyone catch oh, that? Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, he says it's my cousin's car. He says it's my cousin's car, and yeah. Uh, but then I was like, huh, 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 huh. like this takes place after Endgame, where you murdered your cousin, and this story takes place in like, what the? Fu- Did you just take all his shit? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he left it all to Mac. 
You think he left it to Mac? Yeah. All right. Yeah, they're Take my quickening and all cousins. my stuff. And all my stuff. Who I also, is, I also is, left you this wheel. <laughs> who else is, who's he going to give it to you? To Brenda? You look very pretty, Brenda. No, she's dead of leukemia or whatever. <laughs> That's right. Or a car crash. Yeah. Or a car, or a car, car crash. One. Probably driving that Porsche too fast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then it should be smashed up. Yeah. You gave it to Nakano. <laughs> na, na, Nakano. Hey. hey. Wait, what about his fucking, like, adopted son? Yeah. I, what see, does he get? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> you get nothing. I said good day. <laughs> Fuck you, See, little. this is why I brought this up, because it yeah. is a little confusing. Like, why yeah. does Duncan have the car? It's not outside the realm of possibilities. Plus booty, but a little weird, I think. So. They hear something on the radio. <laughs> Max radio voice. He's literally just like standing there, like going like, meh, 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 meh. "We're going to the sky. <laughs> What's going on here?" Oh, <laughs> he's just the guy from Police Academy. <laughs> Good gravy. This is bad. Okay, so now Mac and Antoine go to the antique shop, and Mac mentions, you know, me and Tessa bought the shop together, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay, I guess that's a thing. And he says they sold it after she died, which I guess answers that question. Like, we were never a million percent sure what quite happened. There's some dialogue, right? Does he say sell it? I guess, right? Yeah. Like like Antoine, Antoine bought it. And right. Antoine bought it, right. And then Mac hired this Laura girl to be Antoine's, like, secretary? Oh, slash... And there's some other weird things, too. There's so, the dial... I'm, I'm so fucking amped up, everybody. So get ready. Mac gets a call, I guess, about buying this store, right? From Antoine, is the way he says. And he goes, I couldn't tell he was immortal over the phone, but I just had to trust my gut. And I was like, huh? What, is, what does that what does mean? mean? Like, if... What, like, huh? Would you assume? I don't know what that means. I'm so confused. Profoundly confused by that line. It's confusing. Just every time you get a phone call, he just has to be like, I'm going to assume they're not immortal, like, and trying to kill me? Is that I what he's getting about at? your energy plan? I didn't know if he was immortal. <laughs> so I had to I go with my gut. And so he, Mac also says Antoine bought the shop because, quote, unquote, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So Antoine wanted to be like Mac. I guess they're friends. In Mac's mind, Mac is so full of it. <laughs> So then Mac gets his friend's daughter, Lauren, to help, like, run the shop. And also so she can do him favors, which I have a lot of thoughts on those favors later. Because he just, like, makes her do shit shit. for her. He somehow makes her call his contact at the the morgue. morgue. Like, what the fuck? When he has a contact at the morgue named Lenny. Lenny! Oh, I cannot wait to meet Lenny later. Whose voice voice sounds oddly like the radio guy in the car. We're going through this thing. The bodies were burned alive. Let me give you a graphic description of the writhing, melting yeah. flesh. <laughs> Mac also says Lauren and Antoine would have beautiful babies. babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy. Right? She's like, Laura wants to go to the bone zone, but Antoine barely even notices. All right. So they get to the store, and there's a woman there looking at vases or vases, if you were. And she's like, why would you risk owning something so fragile or whatever? And so. What? (laughs) And she also says, oh, you can help me, Mr. McCloud. And I was like, how does she know his name? One. Yes. And two, I was like, is this fucking place still called McCloud's Antiques? Which it was in the show. Mm. Did Antoine not change the name? He's got that it, McLeod name. Is it like a Ruth's Chris scenario? <laughs> Ruth's Chris. Antoine's McLeod's <laughs> <laughs> Antiques. <laughs> 
So she says someone's trying to kill her, and so she's here for Max's help. Why? So they retire Why? to Mitch's Irish-themed bar. Mickey thought it said it was real old-world <laughs> Irish. Little did he know, I had been through Ireland in the 1700s, so I know that shamrocks aren't authentic. You fucking... Blow up shamrocks. It's like, what the fuck is this, Mac? Yeah, every person knows that blow up shamrocks aren't old world yeah. Ireland, you shits. These <laughs> fucking mix. Oh, <laughs> but the Guinness was good. I will point out this entire scene is the music playing. It's like bagpipe. <laughs> it's like novelty Irish <laughs> yeah. music. Like this is lucky charms. Awful. No fucking Irish bar plays music like this. Uh, and it's really, like, distracting. It's to the so, tone. so distracting. Because really distracting. Yeah. also, this is about to be the darkest scene in <laughs> Highlander history. And in the background, it's like, Maria says the game is, like, barbaric. And Mac, like, counters. He's like, I don't think it's barbaric if you play by the rules. And I was like, you think, like, killing people's okay as long as it's by the rules? I don't know. I'm not into this. No, it's bad. Yeah. Because it's bad. It's just... Terrible. Also, her name's Maria. Yes. Okay. Like, Maria. in the last one, we yes. had a Maria. Like, they couldn't have thought of a different name. Right? No. So she says she was uh, in a family of, like, high birth. She had an arranged marriage. Uh, but her husband, Dimitri, was, like, given into vodka or whatever. They couldn't have children. Right. And he took it personally. So he repeatedly beat and raped her. <laughs> yeah. This is so fucked up. And she's just, like, describing it in detail. So as she's describing this just graphically brutal beating and rape to these people who she just met for no reason and seemingly unrelated to the help she needs, Mac is just like, uh, you, you don't have to tell us any of this. Like, really, please, do not tell us any of this. <laughs> Which is also what I was thinking. I was like, what is going on here? And yeah. it is so graphic. It's really gross and dark. And she tries to kill herself, and that's her first death. Yeah. Yes. She eventually stabs him in the chest with scissors, uh-huh. and then, racked with guilt, decides to go kill herself. And the stabbing is like, there's all this, like, goopy sounds. Like... Oh, my God. And also, there's a thing here that happens, I, I want to point it out because it happens again. Mac goes to, like, hold her hand, and then is like, Nope. <laughs> not gonna do that and i was like oh, okay interesting i don't i don't know what this is all about but this happens again so hmm the parade of horrors <laughs> does not stop here because what happens next damon well she talks about like her family disowns her and she like doesn't die like mm-hmm. right away yeah she like lives in agony right for some time and then this dr belloc like Finally, after she dies and revives, this Dr. Belloc guy, like, finds her and helps her transform into an immortal and, like, takes her away and hides her from her family. And then he, like, is fascinated with Maria because she's immortal and he lost his wife. So he, like, wants to use Maria to save his daughter who has the same illness as his dead wife. And his response to this is to basically, like, vivisect her. Yes. Repeatedly. And perform brutally violent experimentation on her. Why? Why is this happening? This, this is, is very awful. dark. And it's, very des- dark. and it's like described really graphically. Yes. And she's like, but he wasn't a bad guy. It's like, yes, he <laughs> she, was. She does this Stockholm. She even says that about her family. She was yeah. like, they just owned me. But I get it. I brought them shame. And it's like, that's awful. Yeah. So like, then, she's always apologizing for people. Can I yeah. bring up another weird thing about the writing in this? So check this out. She says... She isn't sorry she did it, meaning murdering her husband, right? 
He, she says he was a monster. But then she says she was worse because I was a murderer. Right? Mm-hmm. So husband, monster. Don't I'm, feel bad about it. I don't feel bad about it. I'm worse because I'm a murderer. Literally two seconds later, then she says, I was a monster because I came back from the dead. And I was like, what the fuck? Why? Why use that term again? Yeah, like, I thought you were a monster because you killed this guy and didn't why, feel bad about exactly. it. Exactly. Like, <sighs> that's so frustrating to write this way. Who? Da- how dare you? <laughs> I was a monster because I was a murderer. I was a monster because I was raised from the dead. Pick one and be the monster of whatever like fucking a- analogy you want to make. <laughs> Ugh. And she's saying, like, the people that are trying to kill her are, like, hired by Belloc's, like, family to kill her. Right. Yeah, like, he eventually, he eventually fails to cure whatever this condition is. Right. So he's, like... Fuck you, you're the worst. I'm going to hire a league of assassins <laughs> to hunt you through time. Right. That's insane. And that is, insane. and just to be clear, this is the sanest the plot will ever be. <laughs> Another is going to get even crazier, and already we have a serial rapist, a murder-suicide, <laughs> a series of vicious experiments, and a league of... Like a secret society of assassins. Yeah. That exists to kill one person. One person. (laughs) I'd also like to point out because... So she's explaining this whole like experimentation thing. Like, So uh, one thing that happens when they explain why Belloc was doing this and doing these experimentations, they like cut to Mac and Mac goes like, duh, I, I don't get it. And it's like, this happened to you. This happened to you in Cookie Town. Yeah, like episode- you were experimented oh, on, right. and the doctor literally said, "I'm doing this to like find a cure for all diseases." Like, well, you don't fucking get this, Mac. Yeah. Ugh. Also, who sold the episode "Deadly Medicine" starring Joey Pants? I was like, "Let's do that again." <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is good. Let's do it and make it even more convoluted. <laughs> Let's get it even stranger. We gotta get Amanda Wisp back. She could lighten this up. <laughs> I'd also like to point out that <laughs> so at some point. The reason he's seeking revenge is because the daughter eventually showed the same symptoms the mother did of whatever this disease was and died. And then Maria goes, five years later, Dr. Bellick died of grief. And I was like, it's probably something else five years later. (laughs) Five years? You're going to die of grief. You're probably going to do it pretty soon. Yeah, I think. Five years later. Makes sense to me. So Mac, I guess, goes to the morgue. Uh, which I assume was that phone call he gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's not like, like he just gets a phone call at some point. Yeah. I assume it's about yeah, like hey, go to the, the morgue. Yeah. Right. So Mac is like, oh, I got a good stomach for this stuff from like all his years of murdering people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's like, oh, the humidity made the body smell of like raw meat. I'm like, but they're cooked. <laughs> but by definition, <laughs> right. they are cooked. Two things. One. I mean, they're supposed to be in like freezers. I mean, like temperature controlled temperature controlled spaces. spaces. And I, it I should get, not be humid in here. Yeah, right. And like you said, they are already cooked. And like there should be like they were slim jims. There should be nothing left to smell. They're just they're gone. They it's should just smell like cumin and paprika. <laughs> <laughs> mm, sounds good. And we meet Lenny. Lenny. Do we have a clip of Lenny's voice? All right. So let's check out Lenny. Max, uh, this is Adrian Paul's like comedic, weird morgue guy. Which that's a a recurring trope character, like the weird, humorous morgue person. Right. That's also from a line of morgue guys. Like Mac has had a morgue guy in (sighs) Seacouver since like... Before it became a state. <laughs> he, yeah. he said this guy in Seacover, Max says he trusts Lenny almost more than any other mortal. 
<laughs> I was like, what? That's insane. That's like, what? How, many, how often do you need to fall in with a mortician? Apparently, very much. People's yeah. Mac. Yeah. That's a very, like, film and TV trope. Like, just the mortician being a weird person. It's like, oh, you deal with dead people. You must be weird. It's like, no, they're not all fucking weird, Igor-esque characters anyway so lenny does know about uh other immortals and max says this never has happened before so like lenny's like giving him the the skinny on all this shit like uh so yeah so why don't we take a listen to lenny's dialogue uh-uh. said lenny and shook his wizened head not in 50 years of dealing with uh, your people how can they be dead if they haven't been decapitated lenny shrugged beats me duncan if these guys are going to get up again, they sure taking their time about it. I'll give them that. <laughs> I watched him prod the female cadaver with a fearsome-looking scalpel. What about the weapons? The Zweihander and the Gladius? Mm-hmm, mighty fine blades, both of them, he said. Would have been a real good scrap if they'd gotten that far. They got him locked upstairs in the armory. Lenny, I need to know. If it's possible for immortals to die this way, why has it never happened before? Why is he asking Lenny that? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, Lenny's not know. a watcher. And also, why does he know about immortals? Yeah, because Mac trusts no immortal, <laughs> no mortal more than Lenny. Apparently. Lenny. Lenny. Like, a character we've never heard of before. <laughs> yeah, I can't trust Dr. Ann Lindsay with my secret, but this fucking creep. Great point. So Lenny says, like, their DNA is, quote unquote, scrambled. It's, like, gone somehow. Right. Which, what <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, huh? What? what does that mean? Scrambled? That's not what happened. Like, is that what happens to your DNA when you? <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. No, that reminds me of like Gary Busey. One of <laughs> Gary Busey's threats was, uh, "I'm going to tear out your endocrine <laughs> system." <laughs> it's like, no, it's like you use that word. I don't. I don't think that means what you think it means. Uh, so then Lenny shows Mac this evidence bag, and it's got a cufflink in it. I guess Mac recognizes, like, it's got this stone, and then the other bag has, like, a chain with a diamond on the necklace. And both of these are, like, quote-unquote, flawless diamonds. This is the <laughs> dumbest MacGuffin in a very long time. Like, somebody couldn't even be bothered to Google what is a diamond. <laughs> so they play this up, like, this is super hard, like... They're like, you can even see it with the naked eye. They're flawless. Like, in, a, in a bag covered in ashes. <laughs> right. You can see that this is a flawless diamond. What? I, like, I, just go to a jewelry store. They will have flawless diamonds. You can get this shit, like, anywhere. <laughs> get this shit. And, like, just, like, depending on, like, usually diamond ratings. They're either flawless or they're internally flawless. And it's about whether or not they're, like, any, basically, other particles within it. Like, bits of carbon. Within huh. the diamond. And in any case, they're more expensive, but, like, you can find them anywhere. Mm. And, like, that doesn't make it inherently super expensive because it still depends on, like, weight and size and cut and clarity and all the other things that go along with it. So the whole thing is dumb. Yeah. It makes no sense. And either way, dumb. it's just like, I don't know, where could you get this? In any major city in the world, probably. <laughs> well, that rules out Seacover, so it is a mystery. Yeah. But all I know this- is they're forever. Yeah, that's right. They are forever. They treat this like it is. No no one could ever have found these stones. All right. So a few weeks go by, and uh, I guess Maria is now stay- staying with Ant- 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 Antony? 
Antoine. Antoine. Sorry, guys. I forgot what his <laughs> name is. The Cross of St. Anthony. That's right. For her, quote, unquote, protection. But Max like, I think there's more going on there. And he seems very, like, disapproving of that yeah. uh, for whatever reason. And so Max, like, preoccupied with trying to figure out where the diamonds have come from. And so he says he made Lauren make phone calls on his behalf. And she kept coming up empty. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, what do you have to do today, Mac? Like, just fucking work out? Like, yes. Make a phone call. <laughs> Why is she doing this? Good. Also, a girl make the phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it is. Piece also, she's needed. Antoine, because uh, I think it's revealed that, like, Antoine's not too good at running the store, mm-hmm. but, like, Lauren fucking knows the shit up and down. Like, she's an asset at this store. Uh, she's needed. And Mac has her doing, like, bullshit phone calls. Fuck you, Mac. <laughs> so at this fair, there's a juggler. There's a man painted in gold. And there's some other colorful this characters. This is the fun fair at the yeah. park. Yeah. Which, uh, Spoiler alert, all those men are assassins. <laughs> right. Mac, Mac describes the roller coaster that is in this park as gargantuan. He uses the word gargantuan. At the fun park. At the fun park. Is this a temp- like a permanent or temporary? It must be temporary. And it's got a gargantuan roller coaster? No. Nope. nope. Side note. Mark Mac is oh hi mac uh is third wheeling it with them and he refers to himself as the proverbial gooseberry (laughs) (laughs) to which i was deeply confused i've never heard that idiom before i looked it up could not find it again like i didn't know that was a thing but what I did learn was this. Gooseberry bush was the 19th century slang for pubic hair. <laughs> and from this comes the saying that babies are born under a gooseberry bush. Huh. The proverbial gooseberry. So I found some other interesting facts. What a on gem this in this, uh, the perfect diamond in the rough. That was the proverbial gooseberry. So anyway, it all of a sudden turns into Batman Returns, and they get attacked by circus performers. Well, uh, sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to keep getting bogged down in the nitty gritty of this stuff. But I got so many problems with this fucking story. So then, at some point, uh, also, I just want to say, I did think it was called the Farm Fair at one point. I was like, the Farm <laughs> Fair, four like H. I was like, what is this? But Mac, this has been. It says weeks have gone by. He sits down on a bench, a park bench, with Maria, and goes, "Could you tell me more about Belloc?" And I was just like, it's been what, three weeks. What, what the been... fuck are you doing? You make Lauren call jewelry stores but have not thought, maybe I should ask her more about this, like, severe trauma that has led to all of this. Like, yeah. nope. And she's like, oh. Might he... as well do it at the fun fair. He wasn't cruel. He was just trying to help his daughter. By uh, <laughs> operating on a live person. What a That's like <laughs> one of the cruelest things you could possibly do. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, he wasn't that bad. He was just a Nazi scientist. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, there's a, I, I do want to point out only because I'm going to point it out in the future for some other things. Like there's some turns of phrases. Like another weird writing thing is this. It's like like no one talks this way. No. Oftentimes, sometimes it's very like writerly, and other times it's very like conversational. And I'm like, pick one. At some point, Max says, "I was aware of something peripherally, peripherally." And I was like, "Who talks like this? No one. No, no one speaks like this." And also. What a bad sentence. Yes. I was aware of something peripherally. <laughs> so Max got a bad feeling about things, but Not doesn't the get buzz, the buzz. Not the buzz. And this is when they get attacked by the living statue. By a gold man. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you, are you sorry? Not yes. Sorry as you're I am be. very sorry. Yeah. So one of these people paints their skin and all their clothes gold. And gets hired by this fun fair to just wait there on the off chance that Maria might 
like walk past them right Did like they, that's they, that's his disguise hey here's a disguise how about go as a fun fair goer like just just dress as a normal no person. i got all this gold paint i have to use <laughs> maybe they stole costumes from these people they were there they saw them sure why <laughs> just wear jeans and a t-shirt like there's literally also uh the ratio of like circusy fun fair performers to people is vast. Like, there's so many more people. You will blend in more with them. Also, it would be so easy gold. to tell the cops what happened. Oh, who did it? I don't know. A golden statue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's the other thing. There was the gold There was the gold person, but then there's also a mime. a mime. So two of these secret assailants had to apply makeup for this, like, <laughs> sting. And then their eyes are going to sting because they're going to sweat and it's going to start to run. But then they have to be good. Like, if there was a really shitty juggler at the fun fair, that would attract a Attention. Sure, they'd get fired, maybe. So, like, they're also really good performers. And if this is, as we posited, if this is a traveling fun fair, how long have they been doing this <laughs> to get to Seacouver? Or did they apply? They're, they're like, you know, maybe they, they took just out crashed the old... dressed as these things. It's like a dress for the job you want kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> I got to start dressing in all gold, guys. Yikes! Uh, so these guys attack. Mac throws a hot dog cart at them yeah right. we've had the hot dog weapon before now we've yeah. got the like a cart. spretz cart right yeah. his weapon <laughs> it's of like choice. upgrade antoine shoves some dude into a coconut stand so then they cap this off with some ben-hur shit right so maria gets stolen and the guy's like carting her away on his shoulder and so mac runs after her can't catch up so somehow. then yeah somehow this guy who fucking trains runs everywhere <laughs> yeah like chase down people on motorcycles through the city of Paris. Yep. And this guy is faster while carrying a grown woman. And, like, dressed in gold paint. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so, Mac, like, commandeers a horse and buggy that he saw earlier, which, by the way, they point out had a honeymooning couple in it. Oh, you want to go to Hawaii? Maybe Rome for our honeymoon? No, let's go to the Seacouver Fun Fair for our honeymoon. All checks out. These people. They're on a cruise on their way to Alaska. So <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean, these people? Seacouverians. <laughs> He catches up, but one of the people's like, you don't know what you're doing. Right. Oh, the plot thickens. And then Antoine almost decapitates one yeah. of them. He's like, oh, <laughs> shit, don't do that. But he backs it off. Antoine happens to snag a pair of silver handcuffs from one of them. And that is also supposed to be like, a cl- like ooh, what is this about? Kinky. Yeah. Kinky? <laughs> <laughs> that actually is in this, isn't it? Oh, yeah. that is. Ooh. Mega kinksters. Ooh, baby. <laughs> All right, so Maria tells them they're called the Order of the... Lachesis? Lachesis. Oh, can we talk about something here? Sure. Yes. They give Maria a cup of hot chocolate. What do they call it, Eamon? Mac calls it cocoa. Cocoa. Now, is this an English pronunciation I am unaware of? I don't know. For hot fucking cocoa? Hot motherfucking chocolate. He's like hot cocoa. Cocoa. I don't know. I I was like, what? I tried to look it up. I was like... I was fucking triggered. (laughs) (laughs) I was so... Like, there's, like, cacao, but not cocoa. Right. I I don't know. I was was very confused about that, too. Because, like, I did a voiceover for, like, one of my friend's college animation pieces, and it was about... It was the cask of Amontillado. And in it, they drink drafts of, like, liquor. But you know how draft is spelt D-R-A-U-G-H-T? And he was like... He made me do the line over and say it drought instead of draft. Wow. And I was like... 
That's not how it's pronounced. Do you know that, right? And he still made me do it. Yikes. I think I got a B on that project. I think he thought I was wrong. What a man. Yep. What What a a man. man. What a man. What a man. What a mighty wrong man. (laughs) So Mac thinks all this seems pretty far-fetched, like this revenge plot that she mentioned. Which it is. It's insane. It's insane. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Well, Wait, Keith, do you think there might be some issues with the plot on this one? (laughs) Uh, So Lauren calls Mac on his cell phone. He scribbles a bunch of shit down, and he's like, cool. And I was like... Cool. Cool. I was like, that feels weird, too. But uh, so he goes back to, I guess, an antique shop. Or is this a different antique shop? This is like a jewelry store. A jewelry store. store. I'm sorry. Again, sorry. It's it's hard to track where anyone is anytime. And why? And so he crosses over a, like, there's a a pressure pad when he walks Mm -hmm. in. And then the security cameras, (laughs) they move. And it's like, this is a jewelry shop. Like, this is some real high-tech shit. I expected more to happen here. No, it's just a jewelry shop. Yeah, the the mysteries in this. Fucking blow. Priya, and I guess this is him tracing down the jewels as a clue. Theme. Yeah. Right. Do you, like, you know? Can we listen to uh, her voice, please? <laughs> yeah. So, Mac, this woman who owns the shop is of Indian descent and speaks with an Indian accent. Uh, or should we say, Mac does his best Indian accent, which won't go awry at all. Here we go. We talked about it and we knew it wasn't offensive, so we left it in. I'd heard of the woman who ran the place. If anything, the descriptions didn't do her justice. Her name was Priya Pather, a towering woman of Indian descent, beautiful, statuesque. She wielded a formidable-looking sword in the offensive position, a kanda, as used by the Rajput kings. And from the imperfections on the blade, I could see that this particular kanda had been well used. You are Duncan MacLeod of the Clan MacLeod, she said. I nodded. She lowered the sword. I have been expecting you. We walked through into okay. an antechamber. Okay. Okay. Also, the recording quality of this, uh, like, it's like it was done at a different time. Well, I'm sure it was. But, like, the levels are all different. It's like you can barely hear her. I have been expecting you. Why? 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 Is? And I'm confused. Is she immortal? I don't think so. No. Why does she have a sword? Don't know. She's expecting Duncan, I'll assume, just because of the phone call from Lauren, right? Uh, I, uh, yeah. My, I got a client, Duncan McLeod of the Clan McLeod. He'd like to come see you. Yeah, like, why is she on the guard? Like, I don't get this at all. Because it doesn't make any sense. Like, also, uh, Mac would be, like, a reputable member of, like, the community. Like, he owns a, seems like a classy antique shop. I don't know about reputable. He's constantly being arrested. That's true, and he's a murderer. Uh, (laughs) This is weird. What does he learn? What is the point of any of this? That that jewelry exists? (laughs) Like, they're... Or jewels. Yes. She doesn't even know who the diamonds were ordered. Like, it was anonymous. Like, it was some right. weird anonymous order. But she's like, I can tell you where they were delivered. It's like, okay, great. Why? And why would they Why would they have both been ordered at once? I mean, yeah, it could, like you said, Kyle, getting a perfect diamond is not maybe the hardest thing. So two people having perfect diamonds, it's like, all right. Why would they get them from the same? Yeah. Exactly. Like, why would you assume they're from the same place? Why would you even assume they're from Seacouver? I mean, they're dealing with... Two immort- these are immortals who live who knows how old these people are they could be 500 years old that diamond could be years and years old you know what i yeah. mean like why would you ever assume like oh i guess they're in seacover they probably just bought a diamond here what what why you must be duncan mcleod uh-huh. oh and there's do we check there's all these 8-bit computer sounds yeah with this the cameras <laughs> <laughs> here, let's, here the uh here's what they sound like this must be a very difficult time for you The words seemed like such a cliché, but for all that, they had some impact. She evidently found in them some small consolation and managed a weak smile. 
Her name was Sarah. All right. Wife. What, what? Oh, this is the this, this is this is the kid video playing video games. Oh, that's yeah. right. It's the kid playing it's, video games. But it's so confusing because that's not set up. All, you're dumped this into is, the scene, and it's just like fucking Atari sounds. This also, is this is 2009. <laughs> this is 2000. Video games have not sounded like this for Since like the 70s. Yeah, for a very long time. This is like he could be playing an Xbox 360. Also, he's supposed to be playing a game killing zombies. Oh, yeah. That sounds like like. that. Yeah. (laughs) Is it zombies ate my neighbors? No, because it doesn't sound like that. Uh, Oh, and then this is crazy. Uh, This fucking... So when Mac so Mac visits, this is the first stop on his like journey to find out who got these diamonds delivered, right? So Mac is in like suburban Seacouver at this like kind of just regular run of the mill suburban middle class house, right? This is the the home of this guy David, who was the the dude that was killed in this fight, right? And so he goes in and he is astonished, astonished at the pictures on the like the mantle. He's like, it's him with a child, but but how could that be? Like how <laughs> how like and he's like, I, I was trying to wonder, like, well, they exploded, but how what could what could have produced this miracle? And like two minutes later, it's like revealed that he was adopted. Oh, he's adopted. And yeah. it's like <laughs> no, no shit. shit, Duncan. Like it, it once again exemplifies this bizarre thing with McLeod. Like, adoption is never on the table. Like, how dare you even think it? <laughs> like he can't can't come to terms with that even here yeah and like, like that's the last thing on it that it could possibly be he thinks it was magic before he thought a child was adopted, adopted. it's fuck you or that she had a child from a different marriage yep or right. whatever the case may be things uh. they got a sperm donor <laughs> right anything so uh he notices a picture where he has cufflinks on the, the, the deceased Mr. What is his name? David. David. And when he asks about him, the wife gets angry for some reason. Yeah. And then he just steals the fucking picture. He yeah, steals. That, that, kid is a, that kid is eight years old, and he has stolen that child, a picture of that child's His father. father. Murdered who, father. Who, who was burned alive on TV. All the kids Explode. at that kid's school saw his father explode. And Fuck you, man. Like, I'm going to steal this. Why? What does he need the photo for? The only thing I can guess... show it at a sex club later. (laughs) (laughs) But Matt's, like, jacking off over it. The only thing I can think that why uh, maybe the the missus is mad when he brings it up is maybe she's aware of whatever the affair might have been. Ooh, I didn't think about that. having an affair. Right, but, but like, that's not... It's all very nebulous here. Uh, and I guess some bit of mystery is okay in a story, but it's confusing. It's I find these stories so confusing. So Mac is back in his car driving home. He says a storm's coming. That's like a theme of this episode or whatever. The heat and like the, the heat's going to break yeah. or whatever. It's it's trying to be clever. So this so is... goes to the other location. This is insane. Really? This is Tell insane. Tell me more. So somebody is throwing out, like, furniture and belongings from the window of this place. Like, one of the things they throw out of the window onto the street is a dumbbell, (laughs) which could kill someone. Yes, it could. And we find out in a few minutes, spoiler, it's the fucking landlord. Landlord. There's so many problems with this. Throwing shit out the window? He's going to have to clean it up. His other tenants are going to complain that the fucking, or the city is going to fine him. Like, why are you doing it like this? Like, this isn't, like, a, a sitcom. 
Also, I, I want to point out that when what Mac- happens when he gets to the swords that are decorated in the apartment? Throw them out. Yeah, throw them out. <laughs> yeah. Take them out of the sheath first. <laughs> really throw them blade first. Uh, when Max driving, he mentions something in his like little internal monologue that says, "I live with all the immortals every day." They're all inciting me, and they said they're fighting to be heard, fighting for consciousness. It's a, and I was like, what? oh, that's a different – like, that's a new wrinkle in all of this. Yeah. Nothing like that has ever been brought up. And will, as noted before, be contradicted later. <laughs> yeah. This is like a horror story. Yeah. It is. Is I'm, Mac just I, schizophrenic? It's a horror story for sure. <laughs> yeah. Is Mac just I'm, schizophrenic? I've got all these people inside me. They're ready to come out. Like, this is like if you're an immortal, you're stealing souls of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the quickening has never been described like that in the series. Does that mean that he constantly has a Nazi in his head? Telling <laughs> him a Nazi. Just, like, screaming anti-Semitic things in his ears? All the time. All the time. So, this apartment, this was uh, Bridget. Mad Bridget, as uh, the landlord calls her. Oh, they also throw a gramophone out the window. <laughs> Gramophone. Amazing. Okay, we got to listen to some of the uh, this the dialogue, dialogue here. This guy. <laughs> because the Mac- cigar chomping landlord. <laughs> my notes are like, oh my God, he's the landlord too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, here we go. Let's listen. Does this guy have a name? Does this guy need a name? Who knows? No, he needs no name. He needs no name. You're uh, a relative, I have ventured. Do I look like a relative? He spat. I'm her landlord. I see. Bridget comes here three years ago, wanting somewhere to stay, and I say, fine, you pay, you stay. He went on, does she pay? No, she does not. Does she stay? Oh, yeah, you betcha. Tough call. What did you do? What did I do? I'm a big man. I try and move her. But she's crazy, man. You know what? She, she keeps weapons. She works out. She's not like any ordinary woman. You take my meaning. What do you? Uh, I, I, I was like, what is the meaning you are to take from that? Like she's a lesbian. That's I think what they're going for. I think when, when that comes up later, I was like, is that what that line was supposed to mean? If you catch my drift, that she like works out. Yeah, like lesbians. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck the writer of this story. Fuck these people that produce these. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like seriously, this shit's awful. If you pay, you stay. <laughs> she, she don't pay, but guess what? She stays. Also, just get her fucking evicted, right? You don't get to yeah. man. You don't get to personally manhandle a tenant <laughs> because they're not paying the rent. I you tried to get- throw her out violent like, but she could defend herself. <laughs> I mean, was just, he worried that he was going to get murdered by her? Yes, he, yes. Just evict right? her. The sheriff will come. They will post an eviction notice. They will forcibly remove her. But that's where I think he's worried. I, not to give him too much credit here. <laughs> but, like, that if he gives her an eviction notice, she'll just, like, murder him and chop his dick off or something. Because <laughs> she's a lesbian and that's what they do. I don't know. What the fuck? If you pay, you, you stay. stay. If she don't pay, she don't stay. Bah, Why doesn't she pay? Bah, she, bah, bah, bah. She's got flawless diamonds. I yeah, why doesn't gift, she but... pay? Yeah, like, I, I don't understand. Is she poor? I mean, she's staying. <laughs> That's right. No, like, uh, I, I always assume most of these immortals have, like, some wealth. I just don't get it. Like, and she forces herself into this apartment. Like, she allegedly showed up one day and was like, I'm living here now. And that was it. Yeah. And he was just isn't like, that okay. How, isn't that how you got this place? Uh, yeah. So he gives Mac, like, a address of a bar where she would pick up. 
you know, men, women, whatever, if you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about, blah, blah, blah. Right. What's the whatever? I don't know. I don't know. Both? <laughs> also, uh, he... Six-pack. Oh, yeah. Uh, they do mention she had a whip, like, in as part of her weapon collection, which I didn't think anything of earlier. And I was like, oh, I guess she Until just has a bunch of weapons. Find out that the address was to a bondage sex club? <laughs> it's yep. to a bondage sex club. It is to a bond... Tina's bondage sex club. Uh, who Adrian does the voice of, too? You want to talk to Tina for a bit? Let's talk oh, yes, to please. Tina. Talk to Tina. Talk to Tina. Talking Tina. <laughs> I raised my glass appreciatively. A sudden, full-throated male scream emerged from somewhere in the shadows. And they say that romance is dead. Don't you believe it? She smiled. I've actually had people get hitched in here before. Can you believe that? The owner had the place blasted and everything. You don't say. She gazed at me properly for the first time. Intrigued. All right. Oh, they had is, the place blessed. Is, uh... Is he supposed to be chewing gum? Yes. Like he is wet. chewing gum. There's like yeah. wet sounds. It's like, can't believe that. <laughs> can't believe that. I raise my glass respectably. This is the person whose face is described as a complex web of piercings and chains. Max, like, descriptions of people are really, like, judgmental. And yes. mean. And very mean. This yeah. rusty old fuck of a spider. This metal-faced chain link. <laughs> Just wait till we get to the next one where I think he is the meanest you could ever be. <laughs> he's, he's downright cruel in the next episode. Anyway, so Max shows these pictures of Tina and Bridget, right? Because I guess he got a picture of Bridget at the at her apartment, too. He might as well steal a dead woman's things as well. Uh, I guess it's on the curb. It's trash. You can take it. It's anybody's. So Tina doesn't really know them, right, too well? She recognizes the woman instantly. But they weren't a couple. And then she eventually recognizes the man. Right. Yeah. And so she mentions that they had a fight and there was someone else there with them, a woman, right? Yeah. And they were so mad at each other. She was like, I think they would have, like, gone at it then and there, there, right? But they couldn't because it was holy ground. Right. Which this plot point returns in a later episode. What do we think about this? more laziness. This this contradicts something in 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 one of the upcoming ones as well. I don't like this at all because I'm just like, wait, you can just get a bar blessed and it's holy ground? Like... Bless your car, bless your apartment, bless your coffee shop, bless your whole neighborhood. Just all of it. Just get shit blessed. I don't like <laughs> too, too blessed get to stress. Shit blessed. <laughs> like this is stupid. Then anything can be holy ground. That's dumb. Correct. Correct. But she mentions that the woman involved could have been a rusky. I had a question here. I couldn't tell what he says because it's hard to hear what he says. He says uh, Tina says this woman was beautiful, but like lost ear something ear i was like lost an ear and then i was like huh i was like i couldn't tell what that meant don't know all right cool i probably misheard it or it was mumbled mouth through but she was a rusky i did she say rusky i think so yeah she might have been a rusky or something Mm, there we Mm, go uh uh-oh but these two are arguing over a woman who it's maria yes clearly yeah that is what we were supposed to think so then okay this further confuses me so mac leaves this bar and they're back at the fucking fair. Is this the same day? I don't know. Also, Mac goes to the apartment, Antoine's apartment, and has like a freak out. He's like, oh my God, they're not here. What What happened? It's like, I don't know. Maybe they got coffee. They went to the store. They, they did li- the things that people do. Yeah, they live together. Like, why are you? Like, also, <laughs> this is the, the middle. They did the things that people do. Like, they, maybe they're at work. Like, Mac fucking freaks out that they're not home. It's just. Because there's no way <laughs> he, like, knows what the 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 twist of this is because it's so fucking insane (laughs) yeah i i'm not sure i'm prepared for what the twist of this is hey 
Mystery Watchers, it is time for us to make good on some of our promises to our loyal Patreon supporters, and not just any Patreon supporters, but the legendary Vimos tier rewatchers. If you don't get that reference, you need to rewatch finale. But rest assured, these are the best of the best. We are joined by one of our great Patreon fans. If you don't know already, if you go on patreon.com slash rewatched and sign up at the highest tier of contribution, that's a legendary Vimos tier rewatcher and contribute for six months, you get to appear on this very podcast for an interview. And now we are bringing you the very first of those fan interviews with friend of the show, David. David, how you doing, friend? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? We good. We most bodacious. I've been better. (laughs) (laughs) And David, we actually had the pleasure of meeting you in person uh, briefly at the Highlander Worldwide 30th Anniversary Convention. That's right. At the Hilton? Yeah. Was it a Crown Plaza? No. What was it called? Uh, Was it a Hojo? Was it a Crown Vic? What was it? Yeah, it was a Crown Crown Victoria. Victoria. The the car. That's right. (laughs) Do you take your Crown Victoria with your, to your Grave Master job, Keith? Yeah. Yes, it's true. <laughs> grave perfect, Master General. The perfect car. Yep. <laughs> the perfect car. But, but you, you actually met us at the bar of the convention. So you weren't an attendee at the convention. Is that correct? No. No, that's right. It was a. Is that correct? Is it not true? I could not swing the $300 at the time. But, so thanks for, for bringing that up. It was expensive. It yeah. was expensive. I, I couldn't swing that at any time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you were yeah, kind enough I, to get us gin and tonics, which I will be forever grateful for. Yeah, I got to I got to meet Eamon. I, I think I, I I probably know Eamon the best at that point. From um, well, you were you were at that point hashtag Team Eamon. That's right. If I recall, that's correctly. right. Mm-hmm. What exactly right. did Eamon do that endeared him so much to you? Where did he so, touch you on the doll? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Eamon and I have similar interests and backgrounds. It's a comic thing, I think. Do you like and, a bunch uh, of stupid dumb shit like Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Like Highlander? Yeah, yeah no, like no. Highlander. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I, I think we, we, we speak the same illustrative language sometimes. So we do. there's a shorthand that we enjoy. And I've seen some of your artworks on the interwebs and vice versa. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I I bought some of Aitman's Bird Star comics. Oh yes, yeah. that's right. Cool. Did you did you enjoy them? Putting you on the spot. I did. I did. Yeah, um, I'm glad I, you enjoyed it. I was really ashamed that it took me maybe 10 seconds too long to understand the logo of Birdstar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good logo. Yes. So for the people but, uh, at home who have not seen this, what is this, Eamon and or David? So it's obsessively a bird and a star, but it's actually a butthole. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> and what is this the logo for? Those are my uh, independently produced comic books, which you cannot currently buy online unless you send me a private message <laughs> because I am a horrible business. This man. <laughs> but yes, David yeah. bought some from me and I'm glad you enjoyed them. Do you think it's weird that in any of the other big comic book manufacturers like DC or Marvel don't have like a butthole as their logo? <laughs> yeah. Is that that might have something to do with the success. You, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just a, you can make a case that the DC bullet resembles a butthole. <laughs> Just like a really wide open one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we're getting we're getting blue. That's yeah, right. as always. Yeah. Did you read the uh, on the comic book topic, David? Did you read the new X Men run that's getting all the buzz? The Hickman stuff, right? Is that, yes, is that right? the Hickman House um, Hawks Box. Hawks Box. I read uh, the first two issues of the I guess House of X and then something and X, like X, 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 X
or yeah, house, of, house of 10 powers of 10 house of x I think. yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, they're interesting but i don't know um at five dollars a pop i usually wait till they're on sale at comiXology or something yeah and, and um fair i only get them when they're cheap fair one i got the first two issues and i'm into it i read them all uh at the end of last month uh i get paid once a month at the first day of the oh month. Oh, my gosh. And I had $20 in my bank account. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't buy comics. And uh, That's four comics. It's like <laughs> two comics. Yeah, five ninety nine is is a lot. Yeah, that's like two comics when you throw in the tax in there. Yeah. You got you to pay your taxes and your Philly sales tax and all that extra stuff. But so David, let's get personal. Let's let's yeah. let's hear about you a little bit. Uh, tell okay. our listeners a little bit about you. Just in general. Um, you don't have to share too much, but whatever you feel like share sharing. Your deepest, darkest fear. Like a, what you will say on your deathbed. And, um, uh, you know, if you weren't going to die alone, who'd be there with you? I'm just, <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. Deepest, deepest, darkest fear, uh, oh, loss of my, loss of my family, uh, I guess, right. Dying alone, not in that Kirk way. Like, you know, like Kirk always <laughs> thought he was going to die alone, but, yeah, um, but he doesn't die alone. What the fuck? That bugs me. <laughs> I will yeah. never get over that. <laughs> There's a lot wrong with that movie. Yeah, we, that he is, that, is that Generations? That is. Yeah. yeah. I saw that in the movie theater. Did you really? Mm-hmm. I think I did too, actually. Mm-hmm. Weird flex. Huh. What was the second question? Who yeah. would be there when you died? Oh. If you didn't die alone. I wouldn't want to put it on him, but my son. You know, well, I, I guess. You don't want to pick like a celebrity? <laughs> Adrian Paul? <laughs> Maybe Adrian Paul. I mean, why not? I don't imagine. Queen Adrian of England. Pa- yeah. I don't imagine Adrian Paul is a good bedside matter. <laughs> I'd rather die. I'd rather die cradled by Alexandra Vandernoot. There you go. Me. And then uh, my last words, my final words. Yeah, last words. Probably a lyric or something from a fastball song, maybe. Uh, ah. Where were yeah. they going without ever knowing the way? There you go. Yeah. Tell us about fastball. You're a big proponent of fastball. I love. I, that's you, my I favorite you mean American the pitch, band. Not the band, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He thought the knuckleball really ruined the game. It's all about I the fastball. The no, fastball is a three-piece band from Austin, Texas. They've been around since around 1995. They have very spotty, um, I guess, releases. It like sometimes there's like a nine-year gap between albums. So they've only <laughs> they've only done. A, six albums so far six six proper albums a couple of lives i i think it's a date and time thing for me because i had moved here i'm, I'm much older than you guys i moved here and i moved to los angeles in 1998 and i was getting a little homesick and just and i lived in austin before that i went to school in austin i think they keep austin, it not, weird there they do they do they keep it weird <laughs> the song the way was was a big hit in la at the time and it made me just it put me in a good spot in an otherwise really bad series of events that would you know cripple a 22 year old i've just loved them since i think i saw them actually in austin but i don't know how your college days were spent but mine were sometimes spent looking through the end of a bottle so i wasn't really sure if i saw them or not but <laughs> oddly enough i drink more now than when i did in college which is bad <laughs> oh, there we go. we're getting some deep truths here we thought we were going to reveal David's dark past, but now it is Eamon. So would you say I don't have much present? of a dark one. Would you yeah. say fastball number one, Queen number two? No, Queen's always number one. Oh, Queen's always, always number, number okay. one. Wow. Fastball is number two. I did see Queen and Fastball in the same week. It was well, it was Queen plus Ooh. Adam Lambert and Fastball, and Fastball had the better concert. Damn, wowzers! Do you think that's because of Lambert? Is he related to <laughs> Christopher Lambert? They are. They're, they're distant cousins. Oh, really? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They could have been. I don't know. He has that rasp. He has that <laughs> rasp. Amazing. But, that's, but it was actually Queen that was the gateway to Highlander for me. Oh, interesting. Because of my love of the, the catalog. Although I, I I remember seeing Highlander, the movie. on. They used to show it at, on um, 
an edited version on television at like Saturday's afternoons or something, you really miss a lot. Like uh, Connor's lovemaking method, things like that. His oh. lovemaking method. His love- the nipple, make, the nipple make suck. Love the Connor McLeod. Look at a method. It makes it sound so much more serious than it is. It is. I, everything I learned. I learned from Christoph Lember. Oh, and see, uh, that's who Method Man named his rapping persona. After. <laughs> now, now I understand. No, I even got my laugh. I even, I even uh, used his laugh intentionally for a long time in those <laughs> awkward teenage years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that's what uh, it was that which brought me to Highlander. Since then, really, I just I've, I've been kind of a fan. But I think I've been a good fan in that I know when there's a lot of crap and it's okay. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't hold it as in such high regard that it's it's um, it absolves itself from being criticized. Yeah, I feel like that's where we, the three of we. Fall. Oh, clearly, three yeah, of we? you guys, the yeah. three of we. Yeah. So you you, you watch the cruel. yeah cruel but kind <laughs> cruel. <laughs> cruel. the uh, Amen, really yeah I'm the cruelest. Uh, so you came to Highlander from Queen, and then did you yep. go to the series and everything? Yes. through that thread. The series was great because I remember I used to. I didn't have my parents never um, shelled out for cable, so we only had like yeah three basic channels and a couple of UHFs and then a PBS. I've always had problems sleeping, and um, I remember I was scouring the uh, the TV guide and it said Highlander 11 p.m. on the UHF station, and I thought no, that's not right, no way. And it said one hour drama or something, so I turn it on and it's the first episode, The Gathering, and it opens with the well, it has that weird. Um, do you remember the the original pilot? I mean, the original pilot. The original uh, first season had that kind of the opening you guys made fun of a lot, oh, where you say yeah. like quickening and well, yeah, all the sword and the stroke of a head will release the power of the gathering. Words. I everywhere. actually like that. No. Yeah, I actually appreciate that. But I don't know if you guys side, sidebar. If you guys ever watch um, the opening to the show The Brady's, which was the drama of starring the Brady Bunch. No, they no. employ that. They employ that. They have three different openings, and one of them has uses that same sort of method and it's still shit about floating. cutting heads off in the <laughs> <laughs> well marshall loses her head there oh, can but, be uh, brady one <laughs> yeah i remember seeing it and then it had the queen track and i thought this is fantastic but who is this guy with the long hair and then it said um guest starring christopher Lam- lambert and i thought oh or lambert i thought okay so this is that directly tied and then i was in from day one i i knew it wasn't a great pilot really you know i mean it, it sets everything up but it Sort of makes Connor look like an idiot. You know, he's, he's, him. He, <laughs> he's goofy. He's taken out really easily, right? Yeah. And then uh, there's some weird continuity stuff with the, with with their, when they're sword playing. And anyway, but I was in. So from there on, and and and, uh, and that led you inexorably to here. That's right. It's like Thanos. <laughs> so are you yeah. more of a Connor or a Duncan? I gotta go with Connor. I think. Mm. Ooh, those, interesting. You know, it's like uh, I don't know if you guys are Doctor Who fans, but they always say your first Doctor is your Doctor. Although that's My not true for me. My first Doctor was Cyrus Moazebi. <laughs> <laughs> he delivered you. Given the full name, huh? <laughs> is that your actual first Doctor? <laughs> My pediatrician. I'm uh, first doctor. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> David, what is your favorite Highlander episode? Oh, that's a tough one. Sometimes I say The Gathering because of Chris, you know, because because of uh, Connor. But um, Valkyrie is really good. Good choice. And uh, a bad day in Building A. Jerry. Ooh. No, I'm Jerry. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Was it finale part two? No, I like. Um. Oh God. The it's where Xavier and and um Saint Cloud and uh Unholy Alliance. Unholy Alliance. But, yeah, I'm a big fan of that one. That's too. a good one. That is a good one. Part one um, or part two are both. I guess part one. The, the family. They never, they never really stick the landings with part twos on this show. I yeah, think. that's yeah. kind of true. Part ones are always better. Yeah. Valkyrie probably because that's that's done in one and that 
is strong, like start to finish. Mr. Richard Martin. Listen to our Chronicle with Richard Martin. <laughs> there we go. Got to get a plug in. And the zone. Yeah. What's your least favorite episode? That is what uh, the Redstone one. Oh, the ransom oh, yeah. of Richard Redstone. Well, you know what else? The um, well, you haven't hit him, hit him yet, so I don't want to spoil anything. But season six has some real clunkers. Oh, the, um, this is true. We've been getting uh, some some comments and messages about how bad season six is. So I'm, I'm. Well, it's not even a Duncan season, really. I mean, he's he he's kind of a guest star in a lot of them. I didn't like Arch- Archangel at all. I think. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that so bad. <laughs> it's you know it's. Even worse than Keith's favorite episode of Enging Angel. You know oh, what? Yeah. I don't think that's a bad episode. It is It is a bad episode. No, it's not. It's a good episode. <laughs> David, what do you think of the episode of Enging Angel with the guy from Spat, Spadow Ballet? Spandau Ballet. Ballet. Come on. How do you say oh, that what? word? Spandau. Spandau. What does spandau. the word Spandau mean? You wear them to the gym when you're working out. Put on your Spandau. <laughs> yeah, you put on your Spandau. <laughs> I like the premise of it, but I don't think it delivered at all. Preach. Stand and deliver. That's what that guy Sorry. was doing, huh? Yeah. He was preaching. Sorry, he was preaching. <laughs> Stand and deliver. Yeah, you're, you're, in for, you're in for a treat for six. It has more episodes than I thought it was going to. It's only like 13. And there's one even that doesn't even have, I think there's one or two that there's don't even have. There's two that don't have Duncan. So. That are just yeah. pilots. Yep. There's a, well, I think yeah. there's, a good, there's at least one good episode in season six. Not including just, like, Justice, I think. Justice is pretty strong, yeah. but that's not even a Justice. Duncan, right? Right, it's not, and that's a Richard Martin episode, and he, you know, he brings it. And I, I didn't mind the fin- to be or not to be. I thought those were, I thought those were, those, those okay. were decent wrap ups, if I remember. Uh, it's it's sort of like, I guess, two and a half bad years of Highlander because then you go to Raven, and there's really one good episode in Raven. I have essentially zero memories of Raven, so that's going to be a real yeah revelation for me when we. It's a slog, but if I may suggest. The DVD set has this thing called Anatomy of a Series, which is fascinating because it tells you all about how things just went to pot. And I, I got to give it to Davis Panzer because they've always been open about their failures when it comes to these things. That's like, true. Um, like they really fall on their sword about Highlander 2 yeah. pretty readily. Right. And they do so again with Raven. They're very open about everything that went wrong. And so are the actors. The series, to me, acts as a support to this great behind the scenes story, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. While you're here with us, is there anything you want to plug? You got you got a bunch of rewatchers whose uh, ears you can um, go into. You got anything you want to tell them? Anything you want to say? Yeah. There's a show I uh, executive produced called, called Pod Dylan, which um, brings you one Bob Dylan episode per week every Saturday. It's been running for a couple of years, and we had Joe Osborne on once. I'm not the host. I'm just the EP. It's really good. It's a guy named Rob Kelly. Out of out of your neck of the woods, the Philly, Philly New Jersey border area yeah who um oh yeah that's right you guys went to uh, keith went to the live show right? yeah i got to see the live show of bob dylan it was great uh rob's Thank an you. enthusiastic host and knows a lot about yeah. bob dylan and yeah it was it was great it was a good show so you're, if you're even if you're a fan of bob dylan you'll dig the show uh or if honestly you don't know too much about bob dylan i'd say check it out and it will give you a lot to like appreciate uh and maybe you'll become a bob dylan fan so right i talk queen um, I talked Bohemian Rhapsody specifically on an episode of Rock Solid that came out last, whenever the movie came out, I guess last December. Mm-hmm. That's the that Pat was... Francis podcast, Rock Solid. Friend of the show, Pat Francis. Were you guys on the sh- No, he did your show. That's right. He yes. did. Right. right. He also right. Queen related. Yes. And then like a right. week or two later, you did his show reviewing the movie, which was great. Yeah. that And you guys did a movie review. I remember that. You guys were far nicer than I was. but <laughs> um, And we weren't very nice. Nope. Frankly. We weren't. So, and yet uh, somehow it won a Golden Globe. Somehow. Did you see Rock Rocket Man, David. 
No, I don't. I don't really like Elton John enough to see it. I've, I've, well, yeah, I'm. I'm not a. I guess I'm not that big of a fan. I like his piano playing, but just not yeah. when he sings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about his life really, and and um, although that's maybe a better way to do it, right? It's as a kind of a fantasy, so you know it's BS going in, right? As opposed to. Bohemian Rhapsody, which, anyway, red has like, time travel. Yeah, red like fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really all I, that's, that's all I got. That in this show, my favorite my favorite show about Highlanders. Yeah. yeah. Does it bother so you guys much. when people call immortals Highlanders? Yes. No. I, that oh. Oh. So well, it bothers Keith. It does not bother does me. It doesn't bother Kyle. Why doesn't it bother I, I correct people, but. You correct. You're I like, it doesn't it bother me, me. but yeah. it cor- I correct them. I'm like, there's only one Highlander. Well, there's two. No, Why does it bother you? Hold there's on. fucking five. <laughs> Why doesn't it bother you, Kyle? What's that? There's five. Because they have drawn the connection between Highlander and Immortals. Right. So, like, you know, the, the, the franchises themselves, by refusing to ever have, essentially, uh, the, the property exist without the term Highlander slapped all over uh-huh. it, has drawn the connection between these two things. I don't know. I think it's just is like somebody is aware of Highlander as a property, but has never seen it. So they just assume that would be like if I wasn't aware of Star Wars and I was like, oh, I guess like Darth Vader has a lightsaber. So I guess he's one of the Star Wars, too. Like, is he a Star Wars? <laughs> no. All yeah. those characters tons, are Star Wars. No, it doesn't make any sense. Tons of people who have seen Highlander refer to them as Highlanders. No, no. Tons. Well, that's wrong. Like at that's, least oh. ones that have like just seen like the mo- the first movie. They're like, oh, he's it's like, like Highlander. I don't know. It's like it's like when people refer to vampires as Draculas. Yeah, there oh, you go. I love doing that. Though. That's <laughs> shit. <laughs> I, I do that. That's I, like one of my favorite things. I like how I call uh, Bruce Willis Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I enjoy it with other things. I'm not going to begrudge people huh. doing it. Interesting. Wow. We're wow. really cut oh, we haven't talked about that yeah. on this show before, so it's great. We're talking about it now. <laughs> yeah. David, we have to ask you the question we ask all our interview subjects. Would you want to be immortal? Uh, no. Ooh, why no. not? Life is rough, man. <laughs> and, uh, like, I, I wouldn't want to keep living through. Well, uh, would I have kids? I mean, you, like, can, it, you can adopt. You can do all that stuff. Yeah, I don't think I could take, like, my spouses and kids keep going and I keep dying around me. And I, yeah, no. I don't think I'd, I wouldn't want to live through that. Fair. Plus, I know that, like, as a person, you kind of stop growing and accepting new things at, like, 40. And the world is going to really pass you by. You know, I mean, you guys kind of touched on this with, with uh, McLeod and his enlightenment or whatever. But <laughs> The McConaissance? Yeah. You know, like, I think about it. If my grandfather had lived, he would be like, you identify as a what to people? You know what I mean? It just, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just, it, at a certain point, you probably would stagnate. And you would be miserable because the world has evolved and kept evolving, and you really probably can't. Yeah, no, no thanks. That's a good point. That is a good point. I think you were the first person to bring that up as a an explanation, and I'm bummed out by how much I buy it. <laughs> well, and you know, I, I I think it's good to have an ending. You know, <laughs> it's good to I mean, you don't always get to choose it. I know people that I'm you know, I'm older than you guys, so I've had friends that have like died. And it's, I mean, you don't get to choose it, but there's a completeness to your life that that's kind of a gift, I think. And um, you're denied that, which is sad because everything is just going to pass around you and you have to just keep finding a reason to go on. And I think, speaking of Highlander, that's kind of what Highlander 4 wanted to say, but didn't get to really do with Connor. <laughs> but you, there's a point where you probably just have to say, how much longer am I going to be able to do this? No matter how great your life is. There's going to be something that's going to end that thing. 
and you have to keep plugging through. And I don't know, maybe I'm saying more about me than anything else, but I don't know if I would have the wherewithal to keep going. Plus, if you're Connor's age, and then all of a sudden there's this thing called the internet and Twitter, and you're just like, God, everybody's an asshole. <laughs> you know, do I want the prize? Like, maybe they deserve a Kurgan. You know I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, no, no thanks. No thanks. I'm good with whatever I'm given. The Kurgan it's, would uh, definitely be a Twitter troll. This <laughs> is <think. laughs> Thank you so much, David, for being a loyal Vimas tier patron for low these long months. Your support means so very much to us. You can find David producing the Pod Dylan podcast and appearing on an episode of Pat Francis's Rock Solid podcast talking about the Queen movie Bohemian Rhapsody. And some other episodes. Texas Tunes, right, David? Yeah, that's right. That's and, a good one. Um, I think that was the only other one. <laughs> yeah. I'm supposed to do another soon, but we haven't figured out what or when. And if you would like to participate in one of these super cool interviews, tiptoe over to patreon.com slash rewatched and become a patron today. Thank you so much, David. Yeah, thank you for joining us, David. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So they are, for some reason, still out. Well, and, and and what the fucking Batman logic does he get to the fair? He goes, then I remembered their kiss at the fun fair. They probably wanted to kiss again, so they went back to the fun, <laughs> the fun fair. fair. That's, what, that's, the, that's the way he puts this all together. Why would they let them back in? Oh, you're the people that stole the, <laughs> the like horse and buggy and made a huge scene and made us lose three of our performers. <laughs> Come on back in. Also, why did the police shut this fair down? Right. You got th- three sword wielding. <laughs> it was like a riot here. <laughs> oh, and the candy floss is mentioned so much in this episode. Right. And I don't even, I'm not even sure what that is. Is that it's like can- uh, cotton candy? Oh, cotton candy. Okay. So, but it is interesting. I mean, it is a UK company that produces these, I guess, primarily for a UK audience, though. I don't know. But it does take place in Seagoover. Nobody calls it. Candy floss here. No. As far as I know. Uh, but also the characters that are saying it are European. So, so like, I, I, I didn't know what to make of it. I'm like, eh, do fine. I give it a pass? It's all right. It's fine that Max says it. Right. So Max is like, what did you do to them? Hold on. I, I don't mean to keep interrupting. <laughs> but this, it's now at nighttime at this fun fair. And Max's description of this fun fair, he's like, it was very different at night. All the adults letting off steam, playing grown-up games. And I was like, huh? What, what huh? Like, what fucking scene did this become? It's a also, goddamn fun fair? At, and it's just <laughs> nighttime. Like, he doesn't say it like 1 a.m. No. It turns into a DZ TV and fun. <laughs> right? Like, what game? Like, are there separate games just for adults? It's like, right out. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. Like, he makes it sound like it's a weird CD scene, right? <laughs> yeah. He's just like. Yeah, I show up and they're in a deep throat contest. <laughs> is it it's is like the fun fair connected to the like shirt? <laughs> I had to put on my, my porcelain mask and robe. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so Antoine's getting uh, the candy floss, the cotton candy, and Mac finds Maria and he accuses her of setting up Bridget and David. Then she just kind of admits what the whole plot is. This is some, but, God, tell, us, tell us all of it, Kyle. Uh, so she admits. That the doctor gave her some kind of virus. And the virus is, like, ignited by hate. <laughs> <laughs> and it also, like, lies dormant in all immortals or something. Right. Yes, everyone has it, and they triggered it accidentally. Yeah, but, like, when they're going to fight, like, the surge of the adrenaline will cause an immortal 
to explode. Well, well, they mentioned that. That's another weird thing about the quickening. They're like, don't you know when you fight, like, you can feel the quickening, like, go through your veins. And it's like, you can I don't know. Okay, okay. Can fine. You? Maybe. <sighs> Not an established plot point, but sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So she has this thing, and she can spread it by love. Right. Like, through saliva and And Max's like, the saliva. (laughs) (laughs) At some point in this description, he refers to her milky white neck. Yes. (laughs) Gross. I was like, what? Her luscious neck, her supple body. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Supple virus leaking from her pores. So, literally... The the doctor somehow created a virus that makes immortals explode. And the twists are not <laughs> done. That is not the final twist of this episode. But it's so insane that, like, Mac has, quote-unquote, figured this out. Like, what did you figure out? That, like, nothing. Nothing. Figured nothing <laughs> like, like, you set them up. And she could just be like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, what do you mean, set them up? Uh, they had they a fight. Exploded. And it doesn't, it doesn't explain how they explode. Ugh. This is insane. And stupid. <laughs> so, like, it's some kind of immortal syphilis. Yeah, yeah basically. It's ruled it by, like, a, a rush of, of adrenaline. Right. But she didn't feel a rush of adrenaline when she was being kidnapped. Or when Mac is screaming in her face. <laughs> right. It's just when you, like, attack someone. Like, in an immortal context. No. And then, oh, Be- and he's like, what did Belloc right. really do to you when she explains this whole virus thing? And she defends him again. She's like, he was just trying, like, it's crazy how much, it's like, seems intentional that they've made her, like, sympathize with her captors and shit. Like, yeah. who is, what? like, an objectively evil human. <laughs> yes. Who, like, he's a bad man. Yes. Who unleashed what we are about to find out is potentially a doomsday virus. Right. Yes. Because that is the next plot point. But first, we got to talk about what happens to Antoine. I got another thing. Uh, Again, the writing fucking blows so bad. So when I'm not I'm not joking. Maria says, Belloc triggered something in me. Ellipses, a virus. Right. And then two seconds later, she says to Mac, she says, we all have some sort of defense mechanism. This virus, if that's what you want to call it. It's like, bitch, you fucking called it a virus. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one who called it a virus. You just said that. Come on. Come on. So (laughs) Antoine realizes now that I guess he's got this virus. Yes. It's a bit unclear how much contact is required to do it. But Mac focused on the kiss earlier. Right. That, like, it spread through saliva. They've also been living together for weeks, and Mac has been like, I think they're more than friends. And it's like, so... Yeah, but Mac focuses on that one particular kiss on the roller coaster. Antoine decides that his response is going to be to attack someone. Mm -hmm. He, like, pulls out a sword and is going to attack... In the middle of the fair. Right. In the middle of the fair, somebody. Also, he knows that it will cause him to explode and there are a (laughs) bunch of children nearby. Or I guess the children are all asleep. Now it's adults. Now it's all these skeevy adults. Oh, do you think that's why they did it that way? Deserve their fate. Do you think they made it at night so there wouldn't be children there? Maybe, but it's not like this isn't dark enough already. Right. No, adults adults can uh, stand seeing a person burn Burn alive. alive. Or getting burned alive themselves in the (laughs) crossfire. So, side note, who is he attacking here? Is I think it's going to be Maria. Or is, I thought he was attacking Mac, honestly. For the accusation? I don't know. Huh. Well, it's great just, that the story made that clear. It's just yeah. a suicide play, but it's yeah. not clear who it's directed at. Also, a thing I was a little confused about was that I was like, I, I was wondering, like, is Maria malicious? Yes. In kissing Antoine? Like, do you think she doesn't like Antoine? This is her goal to kill Antoine. It's not so much that she likes or doesn't like him, but she deliberately, like wants to infect immortals with this thing because hmm. then that means they can never take her head right 
So maybe she thinks he's okay, but that's why she's two-timing with these people is because her goal is just to make sure that as many immortals as possible get it. Get it. Don't stop. Get it. Get it. But there are a lot of problems with that that we're going to explore in a moment. Antoine raises his sword and explodes (laughs) into flame. (laughs) And Maria disappears. Right. Um, I also want to mention, did anyone look up Lachesis? I couldn't figure out how it was spelled. Uh, It took me a while. Uh, Eventually, I'm not sure if this is what it was named after, but uh, Lachesis is an order of venomous pit vipers. An order of venomous... Oh, like literally. Like a... a Phylum order. Yeah, like... I was just like, an association (laughs) of vipers. It's a club. Amazing. So then these cultists show up to deliver yet more exposition. So we find out they're jailers. Yeah, they're not actually trying to kill her. They're trying to lock her up. And why, Keith? Why would they be trying to lock up this person? Because they want to cure her and protect the world. Uh, And they've done this for 300 years. Yeah, well, apparently they are saying, and they introduced this, that mortal and immortal biology is similar enough Right. If somebody takes, if an immortal takes her head, they will become the virus carrier. Right. And if a mortal kills her, they will somehow contract the virus. However, how was that transferred? How was that transferred? But if it's transferable to humans, doesn't that mean that David's mortal family has it already? Why don't they have the virus? Bridget frequented a bondage sex club. How many people in the sex club? Have the virus then? What is this the uh, only monogamy <laughs> monogamy only sex club in <laughs> in on Earth? So it's transferred to immortals through saliva. Is it also transferred to mortals with saliva, or is that only when they kill them? But, but then, what's the mechanism be? to transfer it then? Yeah, why would because they don't get a quickening? None yeah. of this is explained. No. None <laughs> of this is any sense. Duh. Like, we need to lock her up because the alternative is cats. Okay, some. <laughs> Is how he delivers the line. Yes. And it's like, the world is already over. You already failed. Also, sorry to have to sacrifice one dude, but like, have that one, like, have someone, if you're going to set up an order that watches her for 300 years, have your oldest, crustiest piece (laughs) of shit, like, grandfather of swords guy take her head and then commit suicide or something. Or spontaneously combust. Yeah. Or do whatever he's going to do, and then you've eliminated the virus. Done. Also, they've been torturing her for 300 fucking years. It'd be much kinder to do what I just said. (laughs) Torture this person. Either way, it makes no sense. The cat's already out of the bag. By the logic of this, the earth is already doomed. Right. If they don't find a cure... Eventually, something's going to happen. Sure. Well, I was kind of surprised that there wasn't some bent twist to this where the Order wanted to weaponize it for, like, a noble reason. Like, this is, like you said, it's like a doomsday weapon. It's like, hold on, if everybody gets this thing, because they're like, humans will naturally fight. But, like, hold on, this might stop them. Like, they can't fight. You now. can't fight or you will die. It's just, that's the way it is. So, yeah. n- it's peace on earth, I guess. But everyone's infected with this. Uh, I was surprised that didn't, that, like, wrinkle wasn't brought up by either Maria having some, like, hellbent scheme or the order having some twisted thing to, yeah. to either way use i mean this. this story doesn't need more wrinkles but I mean, <laughs> no it's nothing if, but wrinkles if we're there why not do it like the grandfather of swords wrinkles yes. <clears throat> so then maria decides to kill herself and <laughs> you, you want to tell us how she th- crawls up a roller coaster the gargantuan roller coaster yep. and like attaches herself to it and like lay, lays her head on the fucking rail 
So when the roller coaster comes, it cuts her head off. And she handcuffs herself. Yeah. Yeah. So Duncan has to crawl up the motor, uh, uh, the, the roller coaster. Mac says, so the roller coaster just starts making the incline. And Mac goes, there wasn't enough time to stop it. I had to, like, climb to the t-. It's like, no. Th- this is the prime time to, like, stop it. While it's going up. Yeah. It actually can be stopped then. Yes. It's like, it's not, not like loose. the little rail. Thing. Yeah. And can he really climb faster than the roller coaster takes to he says he has two minutes to get it done don't don't think i didn't do some roller coaster research so matt climbs up there and she's like let me die for more than 300 years i have been cut injected and burned this is just like a weird orgy of torture yeah it's just like it's it's upsetting it's like this masochistic it's like the sadistic like torture porn yeah it's the saw of highlander (laughs) and then duncan's like oh well don't care she'll come with me also i'm gonna give you back to these people (laughs) yeah so there's like a fake out because like you think that mac is gonna take her head right but instead he like cuts she like handcuffed herself down so he uncuffs her and just, like, she submits, and he brings her down. Right. So they go down, and Mac delivers the line, we stepped on terra firma. And I was like, no one speaks like this. Why is this story written like this? Ugh. No one writes like that either. No. That's the, thing that, that's the thing that's worse. It's not just that it isn't conversational. It's also bad writing. It is really bad. So uh, the Order of Lachesis is waiting and handcuffs her. This is fucking dark. Yeah, as he <laughs> hands them over to this cult. Yeah. Uh, and she's basically like, this is how I found meaning in my life, playing the game. And the only way I can play the game is by doing this. Right. So that's also horribly depressing. Yeah. It's weird. This is the second story. The previous story had, uh, like, the Grandfather Swords played, the, like, two characters that, like, play the game differently. Like, they're forced to. Right. I guess that's interesting. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, the order takes her away to darkness, <laughs> into darkness. Then, this is weird. I was very confused here. He goes, like, and all the time, living in Paris, like, he, he's talking about, I guess, Antoine or something. And I was like, wait, where are where are we? Are we in Paris now? I think this ends in Paris, right? Don't know. Yeah, because he says he's taking, like, a Paris boat tour. Right. Oh, I think he's taking him back to Paris. Right. Yeah. He's Parisian. That's so he, confusing. I was like, wait, where the fuck are they? Voltaire and Rousseau. So he's got this vase or whatever. Uh, I guess this is a callback to the vase that was mentioned earlier. Like, who would want to own a vase so fragile? Uh, uh, oh, and that also, we didn't mention, that's the reason she gave them diamonds? See, this is the other weird thing. Like, because I, it would survive? What right? The, and it's like, why? did she really did like them? Why do you have to give them anything? Why do you want anything to survive this process? You're trying to blow them up. That was why I thought, like, she maybe really liked them. She was like, well, they're going to die, but I'll get to take, like, I'll get to keep, like, this memento. Why would you get to keep it? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. The police are obviously going to take it because people spontaneously fucking combusted. So anyway, Mac throws the ashes in the river, and uh, it's over. That's the end of the fucking oh story. Oh, boy. Everybody dies, and the woman is dragged off to be tortured for centuries. <laughs> Great. Cool story. Love and hate. Love and hate. Before we discuss whether we love or hate this episode, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to play a game? Yes, let's play a game. Are we ready to play a game? Yes. Yes. So this is going to be a new game, but I played games similar to this before with you guys. Um, so you're going to have to tell me what movie this quote is from. And your choices are 
the movie Outbreak. Oh, yeah. The movie Breakin' or the movie Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo. All right. <laughs> All right. Breaking, of course, directed by Joel Silberg, which featured the first film appearances of both Jean-Claude Van Damme and rapper Iced T. Wow. Very impressive. That's messed up. An Outbreak starring uh, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, and Keanu Rene Russo and Morgan Freeman. Oh, Morgan Freeman. What am I thinking of? What's the Keanu Reeves movie I'm thinking You're of? You're thinking of the movie with Keanu Reeves and Morgan Freeman, the name of which I forget. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Outbreak in my seventh grade science class. Yes, I watched that movie when I was very young, and it scared the living <laughs> shit out of me. I have not seen any of these movies, so this will be hard. Okay. Gonna be hard. I have never seen all of Breaking or Breaking 2. I've seen Breaking 2. Electric Boogaloo? That's right. Mm. So just say your name Key. to buzz in. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, just say your name right now so I can be reminded. That's the whole game. Yeah. And then just tell me if it's Breaking, Outbreak, or Breaking 2. All right. Here's the first quote. What kind of names are Ozone and Turbo? Keith. Yes, Keith. Breaking 2. No. Oh. Kyle. Kyle. Breaking. That's correct. Fuck. Yeah. Kyle gets one point. Early lead. Turbo. American Gladiator as well. Turbo, yeah. I was like Gemini. <laughs> And tower. Gemini, baby. Quote the second. You want a hot shot scope jockey, fine. But frankly, I'm hurt. Kyle. Yes, Keith. Outbreak. Yes, that's correct. Damn it. Scope jockey. Scope jockey. Wash out their mouth. Hot shot scope (laughs) jockey. Quote the third. Oh, my God. It's our African friend. It's come back. Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Outbreak. Yes, you're correct. That's right. It's the monkey, right? The monkey comes back. Sounds racist. That's right. (laughs) Our African friend. Oh, boy. That's right. Patient Zero, that dumb monkey. Quote the fourth. This isn't worth it. Blonde, brunette, if they're looking for hair, why don't they look at gorillas? Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Breaking two. No, that's incorrect. Keith? Keith, you have a guess. Breaking one? That's correct. Damn it. It's tied up, baby. right. Damn. Quote the fifth. Do you think I got sex appeal, dude? Keith. Yes, Keith. Breaking two. Yes, that's correct. Damn it. That was my shot. I knew it, and I missed it. What are you, Hamilton? I'm going to know I'm a hotshot scope jack. <laughs> <laughs> Quote the six. You know, if we put them on the streets, we'd burn them. Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Uh, break into. No, that isn't correct. Keith? Yes, Keith. Outbreak. No. Oh. It was breaking. It's breaking. Damn it. Breaking. No points. So this is the last question. So this is for all the marbles. This is at least for the tie. Oh, it's for a tie, so I um, fucked this up. <laughs> no, it was that you didn't fuck it up. It was just that we had a round where no one got a point. Uh, uh, so in one in one outcome of this, we're all winners. Sure. It's true. And in another outbreak, nope. <laughs> and in another outbreak, I hate them willies. They ought to call them Sams, don't you think? I hate them willies. They ought to call them Sams, don't you think? Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Breaking two. That is incorrect. Fuck. Yes. Keith wins. Keith wins. Uh, I'll say that's outbreak. It is outbreak. That's outbreak? What the <laughs> fuck does that sentence mean? I have no idea what this means. Do you think that sentence makes more sense than breaking? I'm just willing to <laughs> they accept They could be like weird slang terms or something. Weird slang terms. Like willies are like dicks. I don't know. Congratulations. Burn them. Keith for burning <laughs> them dicks. That's right. Burning dicks all day long. Ugh. Congratulations, Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Let's talk about this episode. Wait, who got to give their... 
their thoughts first. Kyle, you got it. I want to say oh, right so on right the money, money, practically. So, and we were guessing money, so it's quite apt. That's right. This is among the worst. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, <laughs> when you lead up like that. This note's going to be very bad. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's okay. I mean, you heard the same thing I did. You know it's very bad. This is probably the worst Highlander property I am aware of. This is worse than any of the movies. It might be worse. <laughs> I think it's been a long time since I've seen The Source. I believe this to be worse than The Source. I would I, confirm that. It is worse than the comics we've done. It is, without a doubt, the single most confusing, confused, disgusting, <laughs> violent... Just directionless piece of Highlander media ever put out. This is a travesty. And <laughs> we are doing our listeners a service by telling them about it so they don't have to listen themselves. I cannot stress enough how poor this is. It makes no sense. It's internally inconsistent. It's it's inconsistent within individual paragraphs. <laughs> this is, thing, it's a virus. Uh, you, if you, you want to call, call it that. You might, might want to call it a virus. <laughs> <laughs> also, it created a system in which, if you actually took its logic seriously, the Earth has already been sent into a doomsday spiral. So, you know, I'm just waiting until I burst into a ball of flames because the violence of my opinion is going to cause me to spontaneously combust. Who wants to go next? (laughs) (laughs) It's just really dark and depressing. It's so dark. So we have a a character who, let's get this straight, she's in an arranged marriage. Her husband does not like her because she can't bear children. He's an alcoholic. He proceeds to beat her and rape her repeatedly. Nightly. It says nightly. Yeah, nightly. She murders him, probably out of self-defense, but then she tries to kill herself and fails and then dies an agonizing death. Alone because her family disowns her. Because her family disowns her. Then she is kidnapped by a doctor and experimented on. And then after he dies, people continue to experiment on her while she's alive by cutting her open. Hundreds of years. For hundreds of years. And when she escapes... She's a serial killer. And Max on board with the torturers, too. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, like, team that's such a weird character thing. Like, why doesn't Max the sort of individual that I think from the show would be like, there has to be another way. It can't be like this. There has to be some. There has to be a solution. It's they haven't figured it out. But knowing Mac, he'd be like, no, there's an answer to this. What? No, he's just like. Go on with them. They're just going to torture you more. And it would be different if they were like, yes, we were, we were in order. You know, we were in keeping with medical practices at the time, which we know were barbaric. Now we're, like, not treating her like shit. But I'm pretty sure she says, like, she describes the conditions and they're, like, They're awful. Horrible. You're going to, like, chain me to a post and poke me and prod me. Yeah. So what? I'm, like. And also do experiments. These people aren't actually, like, helping her, per se. This is just so dark. And it also doesn't make sense, and it just adds an element to the immortal mythology that I think doesn't serve anything. I don't understand why this exists. Like, whoever made the immortals, if that was a thing that was, like, there was some entity that made them. Like, ah, I'm going to have this all play out. Which we should not assume, but. No, but why why do they have this in them? Like, it was, like, they. And they're like, we all have it, and it was activated in me. Like, why is it there? Yeah, and why can it transfer to humans? I'm shocked. Why this, hasn't it? It's like a punishment. Like, don't mess with nature, or you all die. Who like, approved? Is that who approved this script? Or also, whatever. Literally, like, this, this is, idea like, is crazy. This is, this is crazy. the second one they chose to do. The second one. It was like they had no. Like, how did they have no other ideas? That they're like, well, I can't think of anything else. So let's just, <laughs> right. let's just jump straight to here. Let's just go right for it. Right to like torture porn, like. 
Who's that director? Uh, this is like Lars von Trier's Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't have much to add to, to this. Uh, well, we do meet an ex- exciting new characters, Antoine and, and Lenny. 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 <laughs> I mean, Adrian Paul's acting quality does not improve no, in this. No. I think he pr- pronounces fewer words incorrectly in this one. Yeah. I, I think, think that might be true, except for Kakoa. Kakoa. <laughs> I do want to reiterate again that when she described her nightly rape, the soundtrack that played was like goofy leprechaun music. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, like it was like mind blowing that that was the score. Yeah, anyway, this business is good. <laughs> it's stunning. It's truly stunning. I feel like people are going to be morbidly curious and try to find this and listen to it. It's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, unless you could do it for free. If you have a way to do it for free yeah. and you've got a commute, I guess do it. Yeah. If you think this would enhance, like, if you want to see the horror yourself, or hear like, the horror. I wish we had watched this together. Because if I had listened to this with people and it had been a more social experience, that would have been one thing. Right. If listening to it alone, I was just bored and horrified. Yeah. It was, which upsetting. is a weird combination. <laughs> I got to tell you. Let's rate this monstrosity. Lenny. Lenny. Keith. Yes, sir. How many outbreaks would you give this? (laughs) 0.5? Yeah. Yeah, spoiler alert. That's going to be my rating as well. (laughs) Spoiler alert. The panel is unanimous. This does not even deserve a single goddamn star. No. Are we allowed to do that? Have we ever given a... Can we give a zero? We've never posited this before. I feel like we can't give zeros. Maybe we can. I don't know. This if is we my uh, uh, spoily. This is my least favorite one. So yeah. this is as low as I'm going to go. So yeah. if we think zeros are okay, this gets one. <laughs> but if we have to give like a positive number, let's give a positive number. It's a point five, and that's yeah. It pains me, huh? This is a point five, baby. Point five golden assassins. Yes, goofy golden assassins. Goofy golden assassins. <laughs> GGGA. <laughs> cool. Well, we've been your rewatchers, I guess. <laughs> your re-listeners to this dumpster fire of a thing. Yeah, I, it's, I I'm like almost speechless. Like, like I, I can't even muster enough, like enough gumption to be like, "Thanks for joining us." It's like, it's like I'm more. I feel like I owe you an apology that you had to sit through this, people. This is grim. Hey, it's gonna make season six look like a you know a real charmer. Yeah, it's gonna be Boom, a dunker after this one. <laughs> Donkey. <laughs> Okay. Well, thanks everybody for joining us this week. Uh, as always, make sure you check out our Etsy store, Facebook store. Uh, go on Tee Public. We got some money, no shirts, all that good stuff. And Patreon. We're interviewing our illustrious VMOS level patrons. You may have heard one of the interviews in this very episode. Uh, and more is to come. So if you'd like to participate and see all the fun stuff you get, the perks and there's art and there's video clips and all this sort of stuff, check out our Patreon. We really appreciate it. It does make this show happen. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. You don't have to tell us any of this. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where we're... we're <laughs> <laughs>